Hi, I'm Linda McGlasson, Managing Editor of BankInfoSecurity.com. Today's Information Security Media Group podcast will be with identity theft expert Robert Siciliano. He'll speak to what financial institutions need to do more of when it comes to educating their customers about identity theft and safe computing practices. He's a noted expert on personal security and identity theft issues. He's CEO of IDTheftSecurity.com, author of several books on identity theft and personal safety, and is a frequent speaker on cybercrime and identity theft. Hello, Robert. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Robert Siciliano. I am CEO of IDTheftSecurity.com. What's the message customers should be getting when it comes to identity theft and overall safe computing practices? You know, studies show that most people don't believe that their banks are doing enough to protect them. And I would say that when it comes to the issue of identity theft, there is new account fraud when they open up new accounts using the consumer's uh, personal information, social security numbers, and so forth. And then there's account takeover, and account takeover is essentially when they will get their credit card or debit card information, and they'll go ahead and take over their account, or they'll even access their online banking account because they used a public PC, a public terminal, a library, or they had spyware on their own PC. And the consumer feels that the bank's not doing enough to protect them. And the reality of it is, is that the bank really can't protect them uh, in these instances. But the bank is in the best position to at least educate them on what they can do to protect themselves. And while the bank has all the necessary systems in place, the firewalls, the IT, security professionals, all the hardware and software to make sure that the bank's network is secure, it is the consumer that generally is the path of least resistance to the bank's servers, the, the consumer is the path of least resistance for new account fraud and account takeover. So now, today, uh, with identity theft running rampant, with 10 million people being victimized, the banks have an opportunity here to say, hey, you know, we're, 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 we're doing a spot-on job of securing your data at the server level. And here's what you need to do as a consumer to secure your information, to protect yourself from uh, new account fraud from account takeover. Here are all the different things that you need to do to protect yourself. And if you, as a, as a financial institution, are right there for that client, for that consumer, and you're showing them step-by-step step what their responsibilities are, what their priorities should be regarding information security at the consumer level, uh, studies show that the consumer will um, gra gravitate towards that lending institution, that the uh, many studies have pointed towards uh, security as an effective marketing tool, and today, security is certainly top of mind for many. Robert, what are some of the best trends that you're seeing out there that financial institutions are using when it comes to educating consumers and customers about identity theft? I am a professional speaker, so I travel the country and I work with a number of different industries to get the word out as to what you know you need to do to protect yourself. 
And uh, I've worked with a number of uh, different lending institutions where they've actually brought me in and we've done tours that they may work independently on their own, you know, as their own lending institution. I go to all different branches in the communities, to those different branches, to the high schools, to the senior centers, or they may work with other lending institutions and, you know, bring in the local politicians and so forth and make it a community-wide effort and Essentially, what we're doing is getting in front of as many people as possible to make them aware of the issue, to understand just how bad the problem is, and unfortunately how much worse it's going to get, but what you can do today, right now, to protect yourself. And with that heightened awareness, people understanding what their immediate responsibilities are to protect themselves, uh, it's not just a feel-good event. There, there are action items that people walk away with so that they can effectively do something about this crime. So that's one way, is, you know, just getting in front of the people and talking about it, answering their questions. I find that uh, when you get in front of a group of people, uh, you know, they have so many questions related to the problem. And I might have an hour and a half presentation planned that, you know, I have a certain amount of information I want to get out in an hour and a half, and I find that I've got, you know, an hour of questions that I, I've got to answer, which is perfectly fine because people walk out of there satisfied that, okay, now they have clarity on the issue. And that is a problem. I, in, in this day and age, I, I would think that everybody should have already had their questions answered, but the banks haven't done an effective job of that. What I do see uh, to help answer those questions is, well, they, you know, besides the community effort and getting out there and presenting in front of the public, Websites, there is certainly, you know, most banks have something on their website that, that, that provides the consumer, the client, with some type of information as to what's going on and, and what they should be doing and the extent of the problem and what their immediate responsibilities are. But that's not enough. It's not just an, enough just to have that website. Often they will have something at the teller line. There will be some do document, some brochure, a threefold brochure that will have information on identity theft along with a link to that website. Uh, there may be uh, information contained in the monthly statements that they receive in the mail that will also remind them of the issue and, again, what their responsibilities are and how to protect themselves. Uh, different lending institutions are also offering different forms of identity theft protection, uh, whether that's credit monitoring, um, fraud alerts. Sometimes they'll work with that consumer to initiate a credit freeze often. They will work with that uh, consumer, that client, to go and actually, you know, get a copy of their credit report. They'll go to annualcreditreport.com, or they'll actually have a relationship with an existing uh, vendor who they use uh, to access that client's credit report at all three credit bureaus along with their scores. They'll work with them to see if there are any discrepancies or any accounts that are opened up under their name that they're not aware of in the event that their identity is compromised. Sometimes that lending institution may actually hold the hand of the client and work with them to restore that identity. That obviously can be a very long and tedious process, uh, not just for the consumer, but for the bank themselves. So uh, that's when they may bring in third parties uh, to, to do that for them. They may actually forward that client to the Identity Theft Resource Center that works uh, in that capacity to restore victims' identities. So there are a number of things that the institution can and should do to bring awareness, to educate, uh, to work with that uh, client to make sure that you know they are being taken care of in this manner. Because when it does happen, 
When identity theft happens, whether it's new account fraud or account takeover, often the first thing that the client does is they call the bank. And uh, often I find that the bank isn't prepared to respond uh, in that manner. And they should have systems in place. They should have some type of response plan to deal with victims. Uh, and that is something that needs to be continually reviewed. So banks should already have an incident response plan for ID theft in place ahead of time, right? Exactly. And, and when they have that uh, response plan, that, that same response plan should also include a, you know, a, a proactive plan. This is what we're doing right now in the community to bring awareness to the issue. And in the event that our awareness issue, uh, our awareness campaign fails, that for whatever reason, someone slips through the cracks and they're victimized, here's our response plan. So both a proactive and a reactive plan to deal with the issue. You've seen a lot of the different messages from banks educating their customers on identity theft. What are some of the best ones that you've seen out there? Well, certainly um, we all remember the Citibank commercials where they uh, spent uh, an awful lot of resources on educating the public on the issue of identity theft through humor. The funny commercials we saw on television were definitely a step in the right direction. It certainly heightened the public's awareness of the problem. You know, you had the, um, you know, the, the women with the men's voices and so forth, and uh, it definitely brought attention to the issue, and it made a lot of sense to most people who watched it. And those, all those videos went viral on YouTube as well. So they got a lot of traction, and that was an education campaign. Uh, and the more effort and energy that you lend to bringing awareness to the issue, the, the public is hungry for it, and the more they're going to gravitate towards you. So that was definitely one effective campaign that they did, not just on uh, via video, but they also did it in a magazine campaign, and they won a lot of awards for that as well. So I would suggest that any institution uh, take advantage of, of, of social media and uh, you know, YouTube and, and the web and as, as a whole, and uh, again, bring attention to that. Also, the um, Chief Marketing Association, the, C uh, the, the, the CMO Council uh, for, the, for, for Chief Marketing Officers uh, did a study years back, and, and they found that, plain and simple, uh, if you brand yourself as a secure brand, that security is, is part of your brand, that if you allocate part of your budget to security and marketing security, that consumers are paying attention. They're, they're hungry for this information. They are looking for direction. They want to be informed. They are, you know, they, they'll consume products and services that are, are built and designed around information security because they see the need. You know, to, we're in a different culture today. You know, it, while it's very post 9/11, it's still fresh on people's minds at some level. And we now have, you know, soccer moms. Soccer moms are now security moms and security moms are paying attention uh, all the mommy bloggers out there <clears throat> many of them talk about security issues because they are the ones ultimately responsible for protecting their family at least they've adopted this 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 attitude which is i believe is fantastic interesting robert as for this new breed of soccer slash security moms are there any special messages that they should be getting from their institutions 
You know, there is a uh, campaign going on right now with many of the major security companies that want to harness, um, you know, the, 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 the vibe that's going on out there with the money bloggers and the security moms and so forth. Uh, McAfee and Symantec and, and many others, you know, they're, they're directly reaching out to these, um, you know, security moms, mummy bloggers and so forth that are uh, spreading the word. And whether you do it nationally or you do it locally, whether you're a regional institution, whatever the case is, uh, it, it, it is to your advantage to get involved with the, with the voice of the people, so to speak. Uh, th those out there that are spreading the word, that are bringing attention to the issue, uh, you know, we are in a, so, in a social media age, and that's never going to go away. It, it, is, it has taken a strong foothold. We're at 300 to 400 million people on Facebook, and everybody's at access to the Internet in this capacity. And to get the word out there, to spread the word via Twitter and Facebook and so forth, and to, to keep it out there, to keep pumping up that information, to have somebody internally that uh, a portion of their responsibilities to manage that social media and to continually bring attention to the situation, I think it's a, it's a fantastic way to heighten the awareness of the public. I often work with local credit unions and local banks, and, and you know every three to six to eight months, they keep bringing me back, and we keep going to the high schools, and we keep talking about the issues, we keep bringing the parents in. You know, we, it's just an ongoing campaign of awareness. And every program that I do, there's always somebody, a few people that were in the last program that I did. So the, you know, the same people are coming over and over again along with you know, new people that, that have heard about it and they want to know more about it. So uh, there's definitely an interest there, and th this is, there's never been a better time to, to bring more attention to the issue than now. And additionally, you know, the, the, the fringe benefits are you, you, you strengthen your brand and uh, brand loyalty. And at the same time, reinforcing your message of how important you think securing their data is. Yeah, and, and it's really a no-brainer. You know, it, why, why wouldn't you want to bring awareness to the issue? You know, it's funny because, you know, banks being old school, I mean, they've been around for quite some time, uh, and there is a lot of old school thinking when it comes to the lending institutions. You know, they, they're not so quick to adopt new. They're kind of like old and how it's always worked well, and that's fine. You know, uh, it, it, what works, if it don't fix it if it's not broke, great. But the, as far as security goes and bringing awareness to security issues, I find that banks are very old school uh, as far as that's concerned. They don't really like to talk about security because the old school of thought is that well, if you sweep it under the rug, maybe it just kind of goes away. That you know, if you once you bring issue, once you highlight security issues, that it, it instills fear in people. That security is a is a, you know there's some paranoia involved there, and that it it puts fear in in in, in and uh, it makes people uncomfortable. But that today it, it couldn't be farther from the truth. And this is an an analogy that you know I've heard over and over again, and I've used myself. And you know, it's kind of like you know, do you want your kids to learn about the birds and the bees from somebody else and they don't learn the correct information and they kind of go along with you know this mis being misinformed about the issue or do you want them to learn it from you do you want them to understand the reality of it do you want them to understand you know, what uh, is appropriate what's not and so forth and it's the same thing with security do you want them to learn about security from somebody else or do you want them to learn it from you if they learn it from you they're going to learn 
you know, your version of it, what, 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 what you see is, you know, how to be protected and so forth, what steps they should take. And generally, that would involve, you know, working with your institution. Uh, so uh, it's, it's one of those things where if you keep sweeping it under the rug, eventually another organization is going to bring it to their attention, and that may be where they head next. Thank you, Robert, for sharing with us your insights here today. Thank you. I'm Linda McGlasson for Information Security Media Group. Until next time.